Hello guys, Jack here from Jack Makes Happy Hour Podcast, and yes, the rumours are true, we're heading back out on tour in May 2024. 68% of the tickets are already sold out, but there are still a few left at Edinburgh, Newcastle, Manchester, Birmingham, Leeds, Cardiff, Sheffield, Nottingham, Bristol, Bury, and our home city of Norwich. So, don't waste any time, grab your tickets today, and come and watch me, Alfie, and Robbie live. And me. Mainly me, Alfie and Robbie there, isn't it? Yeah. uk. See you in May. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. I read an interview that's in which you stated that you went to the most exclusive private school in the world. One of, yeah, definitely. W- can you say what that is? Or um, I think I can. I went to Harrow School. Does it offend you at all when people call you posh? It doesn't offend me at all because I know, like, I am. Like, I, it's my background. I'm not going to hide the fact that I am, I am posh. Mm. For a, for a long time, like at uni, I tried to. They were like, oh, you're this, you're a posh wanker. And it's like, well, have a chat with me. Yes, I am posh. Yes, I come from a very privileged background. Mm. But then have a chat with me, get to know me, and then you can make a decision. YouTube, I feel like, is such a meritocratic environment that only the best content, if, only if you make good content, only if you're good at what you do, do you succeed. Right. And there's a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, definitely in that sense, that I want to succeed on YouTube because I want to prove, hey, look, I've done this myself. I've been able to break into a, an industry that doesn't matter who the hell you are. Yeah, that's a very as long as your incredible way to put it. In this video, they dress up their friend as the most crazy model ever and they send him to Paris Fashion Week? London Fashion London Week first, fa- and then we did Paris Fashion Week. And, and you happen to be that friend. I was that friend, yeah. I suddenly got loads of messages on my Instagram, all in Mandarin, and there's one guy... He spoke English. He was like, mate, you're famous in China. When I like, sometimes meet people in the street, they're like, oh, you're that bloke who takes the piss out of posh people, but you're also posh. Also, <laughs> almost as if trying to get me to say, oh my God, I am. I can't <laughs> doing this. But that's what makes you most qualified for that job. Exactly. Like, who else is going to be able to do this? <laughs> yeah. One of your most recent videos that I watched and enjoyed was your search for a stock image girl. Yeah. Brilliant idea. It was, yeah, one of the most, probably the like, video series I'm most proud of. That was just an idea I've never seen anyone do before. How did that come into your head? happy hour hello guys welcome back to jack mates happy hour i'm excited for this one stevie first of all how's things that was very quick and intense uh really good thank you as yeah. good as they were an hour ago when you asked me oh, for fuck's sake you do realize you have to let people think that we don't film them all in one day you're wearing the same shirt 
That is true. Now, today on the show, we have YouTuber, presenter, comedian, meal deal expert, some would say. It's Max Fosh. Hello. How are you? I'm well, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, Mate, I'm buzzing to have you in. Been a fan of the content for a long time. It means a lot. Thank you. Me and Fee often sit at home, eating dinner, watching Street Smart. We're we're big fans. And uh, she just met you outside and she came up to me when you was in here and she was like, He's lovely. <laughs> so you have the validation. I now, that validation. Now, Max, before we get on to Street Smart a bit later on in the show, um, you are kind of like, is it Street Smart where you rate the meal deals or is that something else? Yeah, that is a version of Street Smart, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. And um, so you sit down and just basically interview the public about their meal deal choices. Yeah. yeah. So what better place to start oh. than rating ours? Okay, okay, sure. I yeah. thought you were going to ask me for mine, and then I actually haven't done, I haven't said anybody what my meal deal is. So, oh, really? So you could get an exclusive, depending on how good your meal is. <laughs> I'm withholding my judgment on you as a person. Oh, right. Until I get this, because I've been through some shit <laughs> over these meal deals, that's the nicest way to put it. It's a bit of a meme. Here. Yeah, okay. so I want I want to know how you feel about it. So we're going to do this in a very structured one, two, three point scoring system. Very you nice. give the point to either me or Stevie. We go for the main, then we go for the snack, and then we go for the dessert. Here's a bit of a question. Are you going to ask about the main? Stevie what? calls the sandwich the main. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's far too, too, too like, that's too official. <laughs> this isn't what I get abused for, but now he's adding to it, so yeah. that's good. Guys, we're talking about meal deals on a podcast. I don't think we can go too official. I think it, I, I'm with Stevie on it. The sandwich is the main. What's the pudding then, Stevie? The drink or the snack? Oh. Well, it, it could be the snack if you get a chocolate. It depend, depends the sweeter of the two. So if you're getting a chocolate bar, that's the pudding. Yeah. But if you're getting like a sweet kind of like chocolate milkshake, that's the pudding. Good. Yeah. But that, does that mean you have to start with your starter main and, and dessert? That's the only way you're allowed to eat them. No, you can mix it up. You can be a maverick of your own meal deal. Okay, sure. How would Logan Paul eat a meal deal? I don't know. <laughs> and we also have quite a good production value oh! here. So not, we're not just going to tell you what we have. Can I already? We're going to show you. Give you minus points. Why? For, for Sainsbury's? For Sainsbury's. Yeah, it's only because that's the closest place to this supermarket. Okay, fine. I still went to Tesco's. Oh, Stevie's already miles ahead. You got mine for me. Yeah, because I sent you a voice note saying, oh, are we still getting the meal deals for the Max Fosh episode? You replied an hour and a half later mm. and said, I don't know if you're still near Tesco's. <laughs> Surprisingly, I wasn't. But I thought I probably do need to get it. It's because I was driving, because some of us have a driver's license, because some of us are adults. Now, now, boys. <laughs> now, boys, come on. I, I will say, though, I don't have a Tesco bag. I didn't have a bag at all. Save the environment. I just wrote it in my backpack. So I've currently just got a paper bag that so Fiona gave me. So sorry, but when you said I didn't have a bag at all, you did have a bag. It was just made out of paper. No, Fiona just gave me this so I could hide it. I would track my statement (laughs) (laughs) starter then right so you start with your main and i mean calling it a main as i always say it seems like it should come under a cloche okay i'll start with my main um i'll I'll take it i'll pretend you describe what i'm doing you're you're pulling it out of a bag no i'm taking it fucking cloche go on don't even know oh okay uh (laughs) (laughs) i I do like to mix this up a lot but i just fancied this today so i've gone for a chicken caesar wrap from tesco really good Really good, but you can't. The, the the quality of the chicken Caesar literally depends on each wrap individually. You can get one that's absolutely terrible. I have found that, but and I'm you hopeful. Can get a worldy. I'm, I'm hopeful for a worldy here. So, sorry, I've, I've squashed the bag a bit. So in what way? So I've never had one of these. So it's like what, the bits of chicken. That? So yeah. So <laughs> sometimes that when you get a bad chicken Caesar wrap, um, you get some of the really watery ones. Oh, and it's really not very nice. Oh, this looks like it. Could, it uh, that might be mayo. It's mayo? probably mayo. Also, yeah. it's quite small. 
Yeah, I, I did debate going for a sub of a similar kind, but what does it say in the little yellow circle on the front there? Meal deal. <laughs> uh, it says... Uh, what does it say, Jack? It says meal deal. What does it say after meal deal? Hard to read actually under this light. Does it say main? Meal deal main. I think it says main. It says meal hand wrapped. Uh I've never I'm gonna put it out there, I've never had a wrap in a meal deal. I'm always okay. a sandwich kind of guy. Okay. Um so there you go, right? So I've got to combat that bit. Yeah. And I'm sure you'll do a great job. I've gone for Sainsbury's, but as I say, Max, it wouldn't be my preference. It's just the one that's closest to the studio. Okay. Um and I forgot to get them. So I've gone for um <laughs> I've gone for a free range egg and cress on malted bread. <laughs> I've never seen someone look what so What are you doing? <laughs> what? We are. Firstly, that opening that sandwich is a kind of a is is an international crime yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Opening it in a small podcast studio. I'll, I'll just let you know, I'm not going to open it in the studio. Okay, thank God for that. Um, it still does not redeem you for the fact of getting egg and cress. Uh, do you Terrible not like Terrible sandwich? <laughs> okay, I think we know who's getting this point. Terrible. Uh, but uh, extra points because it doesn't say main. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> just vegetarian. Vegetarian. Everyone's veggie these days. I'll get. Um, hey, yes, but it's still egg and. Like, you're not an 85-year-old woman called Linda. Like, <laughs> Don't assume what I am. <laughs> uh, I think you, it's, yeah, speaking it's, of assumptions, shall we say I, I get the... Yeah, Stevie I, I win wins the that one. But can All I just right. say that, Stevie, you could win each individual um, item of the meal deal, but Jack could win overall. Oh. I mean, it's unlikely because he's got an egg and grass. <laughs> there was a situation where you could have good stuff but together as a oh. meal deal in, in as like as a total thing it doesn't work as doesn't a full work. meal yeah. okay no wow. i get that that's fair that, that's interesting to me what makes a great meal deal then um I mean, what you, the process? You, I mean, guys, to be fair, I know as much of meal deals as you do. I've done three videos on them and they did quite well. So well like, we're branding you as the meal deal expert. Okay, so. you can do that. Um, what you have to go through a journey, right? Get my bullshit cap on. Go through a journey when you're eating meal deal. You have to think. Can Mega I put, hat. Yeah. Can I put my crisps in this sandwich? For example, your sandwich. I can't put crisps in egg and cress. That would be right. You haven't seen the crisps yet. They might be versatile crisps. I don't know how much those crisps are going to be, but they're not going to be fitting in that sandwich, mate. But hey. also, Steve, you can't cram crisps in there unless you're going hula hoops and you're stuffing them in the top. I, I can't, but I'd made sure my side doesn't need to go inside, but it complements it well. Calling it a side. Mad. The, the, okay, this, this, is the, this is where we might have the issue. <laughs> okay. Right. So my side, as people are probably already knowing as they're listening to this, yeah. is popcorn. Oh, this this is um this began um as I was trying to lose weight so I wanted to go for something that wasn't quite as bad as crisps and chocolate and I saw these are only still 135 calories but that's about a third of what a chocolate bar would be mm. and they're just light and they, they you get so much in these compared to a bag of crisps so I have my reason behind it but I get a lot of abuse for it the sob story of you trying to lose weight isn't going to work. <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! It's a, it's a shit side, we all know it. it it's, it's air in a bag, with a few little things at the bottom. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit boring. Um, you also have like occupational hazards with eating popcorn. You go around, you have a kernel stuck in your teeth all day, Ooh. you just don't want that. No. Um, it can sometimes hurt your gums, mm. um, depending on how far it goes in. So, Stevie, it's, it's fine. <laughs> 
I mean, that's probably the nicest that's, thing people have yeah, said about you it. Have, you could have come with like the Tyrrell's vegetable crisps, and then like you would have, I would have left. But yeah, at the moment it's just fine. So what you're saying is this round is Jack's well, to, you don't to know lose. Yet. It's Jack's know. to lose. Definitely Jack's to lose. You, I, with popcorn, I've been eating it a little bit more recently than I did when I first slagged you off for it. Popcorn is great. Can I just say I'm a big fan of popcorn. In a certain, this is what I say. In a certain place, there's a time and a place for popcorn. Microwavable popcorn with pops. <laughs> I've never done my own. <laughs> you've you've never microwaved popcorn? No. Oh, this is where... Oh, Jack. This is what? where it all comes You literally just get a bag and throw it in the microwave. Yeah. Do you? Two and a half minutes. Um, butter kissed or pops. Butter kissed, yeah, good. And then you just go hell for leather. It's wow. great. Throw a film on in the living room. But, but why would you go through that much admin when you can just get it's a pre- warm. Oh, good. It's warm. <laughs> right. It's yeah. and what do you mean, admin? <laughs> two, two and a half minutes in the microwave. He's a simple admin. man. Yeah. No, but I've been eating popcorn recently, and I, you get to the end, it's like a minefield. Yeah, like, the kernels oh, at ah, the bottom is like a bit... Little bullets in there, ready to <laughs> just cut your teeth up. Horrible. Horrible. Anyway, I'll go for my snack. Yeah. Um, this is big. This is big. What's he got? Right, I've gone for a bag, big old b- grab bag, it would seem, of uh, of quavers. He is a twelve-year-old boy. No, okay. <laughs> I got two thoughts. Quavers, great, 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 crisp. Yeah. My second thought is, Jack, are you trying to make yourself the smelliest man in the UK? <laughs> <laughs> Because I have got I have got my socks out and uh, my feet aren't great. So what is your drink gonna be? Egg and cress quavers. <laughs> I'm surprised you've got a fiance. <laughs> Just a carton of cheese. <laughs> Do I get a point? No, quavers are a great great crisp. Uh, give me the. I'm losing to popcorn. Yeah, no, no, no. I think okay. So oh, we're one one. Uh, one one. Yeah, oh, we're one yeah. one going into the final round. I like yeah. this. That conveniently sets it up for a finale. Yeah. Now okay. we, we we've going we're going for the drink. Yeah. So I've gone. You've you've enjoyed a good twelve minutes in the studio so far. Mm-hmm. How hot are you feeling at the moment? Feeling all right. So all I, right. I, I I've gone kind of smart with that. So I, I've never actually got this in a meal deal before, but I got a flavored water. So I've gone lemon and lime. I'm not a big fan of strawberry. Um, normally I just get normal water, but we've got about 15 bottles of Buxton around, so I thought I'd want to mix up the flavour. Mm. So that that is it. Have you got that because you're worried about your glucose intake? Are you worried about the amount of sugar you're eating? No, no, I'm not going to go for a sob story on this one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Learned his lesson. Um, it's, it's good. It reminds me of being like eight years old. Like, cause it was oh, like, and Quavers didn't? No, yeah, of course they did. But I'm saying that Volvic Touch of Fruit filled with Vulcanicity. First of all, great branding they've done there. That's yeah. fucking my mind. But it was the water that my mum gave me to like make me drink water. Because it was like, oh, this is fun water. Yeah. Like the, the strawberry version rather than the lemon lime. It's good. Your teeth feel really weird afterwards. Oh, they do. They're I didn't dirty. think about that when I made the purchase. No. Well, what you should, what you could do, sorry, you could eat the popcorn, right? But go hell for leather and end up just losing your teeth on them little bullets at the bottom. Then you won't have any teeth to dirty up with the shitty nine-year-old water. So this is what he's saying with when the meal deal comes together. Exactly. You've perfected it for me. You've just won me the game. That's okay, because I think I'm going to claw it back with my drink. Okay, Jack, you still got the egg and crest sandwich. It's putting you in Deadlock's place. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone for a Vita Cocoa Pressed Coconut Water. <laughs> you are. I, I think you're having a laugh here. <laughs> Why? I, I honestly think you've like, thought, do you know what? Let's get the worst meal deal I can imagine and put it in front of Max and see what happens. No, this is, this is my choice. New year, new me. I'm trying to lose weight. That doesn't work. Does it work? <laughs> I literally just witnessed it not work, and I went for the same <laughs> tactic. So, um, yeah, no, I'm just trying to be healthy, Max. <laughs> you don't look happy. I have never had it. Right, well, you try it if you want. I've had the blue one. 
What's the blue one? It's one another one from Vita Coco, I think. Oh, what what, what same coconut water? Yeah, coconut water. Right. It's yeah. It's it's fine. You don't, you don't you don't. Let's say you finished a game. But this is what I think about when I think of a drink for for a meal deal. Mm-hmm. You finished a game of footy. Right? Yeah. You're parched. Yeah. What do you want to have? You guzzle a lot of. Yeah. It's not Vita Coco, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is in a meal deal setting. I wouldn't finish a game of footy and run and get a meal deal. And that's true. Mm. I've done your, your own game there, Fosh, and you know it. You can say what you like. Stevie's won that round. 100%. Oh, bollocks. All right, Stevie, you win. You win. I, um, You were right. That is the worst meal deal I could think of. So I wasn't actually trying to... People at home are going to be unsubscribing from this podcast. So. I will say, so he sent me this voice note and he specifically asked for what he wanted. I didn't just mug him off. Well, when you say what I wanted... Um, okay, what did you say? You said chicken and bacon... And a bit of lettuce, maybe. Chicken and bacon sandwich John. was his first choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, your crisps were cheese and onion... No, 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 salt no. Salt and vinegar... Yeah. Which one? McCoy's. McCoy's. Oh, Ridge, get those ridgy goodness. Yeah. And then yeah. your drink, you either asked for just a water, a sugar-free Red Bull, or a Ribena. Hey, if you went for a Ribena... With, I love a Ribena. ...with that salt and vinegar and the chicken and bacon lettuce sandwich that's a really fucking good meal deal yeah <laughs> so the only reason he doesn't have that is because Sainsbury's had pretty much nothing in stock yeah did they not no I got there and I was like I've got nothing what can I get and then that was and I just went to Sainsbury's because I thought maybe you were having me on so I was like I'll go to Sainsbury's and I'll find a fucking sandwich there was none you were right egg, <laughs> egg, it shows that it was just egg and crest left yeah. Sainsbury's is dreadful mm. for meal deals yeah this is what I was going to ask what is the best place to get a meal deal like I feel like Hallow Turf is Tesco. Yeah. Boots as well. But boots boots are more expensive. Boots £3.50 last oh, time I checked. Oh. Which, which kind of loses the whole allure of a meal. They deal. did go mm. up. They've gone back down to £3.30. I'm so glad my campaign worked. <laughs> <laughs> that was like me in the Zoella calendar. Yeah. Next day, half price. <laughs> <laughs> so for some reason, I've, I've got in my mind that Tesco is like the only place you can get a meal deal, which isn't true because Sainsbury do have a great selection of sandwiches. The chicken and chorizo Ooh. is an absolute stellar sandwich you can get at Sainsbury's. Wow. I'm a big fan. That sounds good. That it sounds does sound good. great. Do they put a sauce? in it they put a little bit of mayo in there i saw a new one in tesco today you might like barbecue chicken yeah you're right i've you not know seen me well. that as a sandwich you know me well. jack do you like barbecue based domino's pizzas i go sometimes if i make your own i go half and half okay is that bad i mean i don't think that barbecue based should be allowed but why I mean, it just ruins the whole taste of whatever's on the pizza do you uh, think? Yeah. I, I go half and half, but tomato one side, barbecue the other, but only because I prefer the barbecue cold. And you never eat a full pizza. That's true. So I eat the wow. tomato when it's hot, and then when it, I let the barbecue cool down, and then it's already got the flavour. You don't need a sauce. <laughs> Isn't that who's thought through this? That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> I used to That's work, the reason I'm trying to lose weight. I used to work at a pizza restaurant, and we used to be able to make our own ones for end of shift, and I would go half and half, and barbecue goes better with vegetable stuff like peppers, yeah. and it almost like a little... like like a fajita in a way and then the tomato whack a load of meat on there yeah no i i i will agree with that yeah for example domino's barbecue base mm. nah, no thanks i think sometimes that can be a bit too tangy a bit mm. too overpowering mm. yeah what's your domino's order this is all this show's gonna be yeah <laughs> i'm so sorry whoever's watching this is you've, so you've done so much great content and yeah. we're just boiling it down to <laughs> what's your domino's order stuff. what do yeah. you want to eat um so uh domino's order i'll probably go um make your own bit of pepperoni on there Good. ham on there and maybe sweet corn as well oh okay um, yeah don't mind it but also i have in the past just gone plain margarita because as stevie says like afterwards the next day 
it's probably the best thing you could get because you don't want any of the, like when the meat and the veg gets cold you just kind of see them for what they truly are which <laughs> and so with cheese and tomato you're getting pretty uh, you're getting pretty much what you're given so right. it's quite it's quite a nice thing to have in the, ne- the next a, day that's a good way to put it so, but margarita I just think it's, that's a sin to get that yeah it's a bit boring yeah. I think the issue with that is it's not much more money to have toppings mm, so like yeah. the only reason what is this is one of life's questions I don't think anyone's really this could be on one of your unconventionals or, okay. or your new um, spy series hey right? good get, 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 get to the bottom of this don't, I was going to say don't say good before he asks the question <laughs> you've learned your lesson um, what is that sausage all about that dominoes do that is a weird what, the circle? oh yeah it's kind of like it's kind grey of like centimetre width in yeah. width. it's grey <laughs> yeah. it does look odd it is very weird isn't it yeah, it tastes all right, though. I guess that's all that matters. Isn't it? That's right <laughs> Who there. cares what you're actually putting in yeah, as long as you're enjoying it? If you're ordering it. from Domino's, you've kind of already said to yourself, I don't know what I'm eating. I, I can't imagine you order Domino's much, Max. I do. I do, do yeah? I'm, I'm more of a Nando's. I like Nando's. Yeah. I get Domino's. Um... I'm sorry, guys, but I am going to have to ask him. Nando's order. <laughs> so I, I want to know. Have you eaten anywhere else ever? Because we can just go through this. <laughs> Guys, my ask pizza order is absolutely <laughs> mental. Um, so my Nando's order is butterfly chicken burger. Good man. Um, normally medium. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually like mango and the other one. Um, no, no, they've done a recently. They've done like a passion fruit um, sauce, which I quite like. Have anyway, they? that's so very bizarre. Double, uh, double chicken burger, two sides, your coleslaw, and then peri salted chips. Sorry. I do like the coleslaw. It's not bad. That's mm. not a bad shout. Not a bad shout. Sometimes the broccoli as well. Yeah. That's good, yeah. Get wow. Some, get those greens in there. Healthy man. Mm. Healthy man. Right, we'll move on from, from food. food. You were getting excited, hoping I was going to ask you about your Nando's order. Uh, no, no, because I just find more... I'd be giving more fuel to be abused with. So. The garlic bread. I do like the garlic bread. Got got I was waiting for you to moan about the way you eat sweet corn. What? I, what, I cut it off with a knife and fork? It's not very manly at all, is it? I, 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 guys, I'm not an expert on sweet corn. <laughs> <laughs> you said no. he was an expert on everything food. <laughs> no, I, I, the reason why I cut it off with a knife and fork is because I was gnawing a bit of corn on the cob once in a Nando's and somebody took a photo of me and uploaded it and it's like, the worst photo ever so now I take precaution cut it off you're, you're giving into the trolls there Jack I, I, do, I do like the thought that you cut it with an open fork just on the off chance you are in a place an establishment where someone <laughs> yeah, is going to take a photo of you like, paparazzi <laughs> fool me once can't fool me twice it's not the phrase I don't know it now Max um, you're obviously quite um, a well spoken chappy mm. I read an interview that's, in which you stated that you went to the most exclusive private school in the world or, or one thereof. One of, yeah, definitely. W- w- can you say what that is? Or um, I think I can. I went to Harrow School, right, in the UK. Okay, um, now I want to know everything. Yes, and I would like to tell you everything. I would like to tell you everything because I'm not at the school anymore. But also, yeah. there's a there's an element of I know it would be very easy to come in here and just slag the place off. And oh, so you're not of- pro it then. I'm not, I'm neither. Like, it taught me some amazing things, and it also, I also had some tough times there, so, like, neither one or the other. But yeah, Harrow, I was there for five years. Um, Harrow and Eton are kind of obviously in the UK, seen as. He says, obviously, I was going to say, to give you an idea of how scummy we are, never heard of it. Okay. I haven't, no. Okay, so, okay, right. Um, there's, you've heard of Eton. Yeah. So, Harrow is. E- Eton mess. It, it is a bit of a. <laughs> e- Eton Park and Norwich. It's a different thing. Uh, so Harrow School is uh, a place. It's in Harrow, Harrow on the Hill. It's got its own. It's in its own little like village almost. Um, 
it and Eaton have been kind of, the, I'm not going to say it is, but have been running alongside as one of the oldest like private schools in the UK. Like Eaton was founded in like 1200, something ridiculous. Isn't wow. It? Not right. And Harrow is not long after. Right. Um, and it's where Winston Churchill went to school. Um, what, we, Harrow? Yeah, Harrow. Yeah. Oh, Winston mad. Churchill went there. Um, we have to wear straw boaters. Um, we have to wear um, black, almost black tie every Sunday for chapel. Um, like you like live in boarding houses of 70 boys and there's like 13 boarding houses. You do everything. You live there for like kind of a month at a time then go home for a weekend then come back. Um, what? Like it's all, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty mad. Um, I'm just shocked that you went on a Sunday. No, 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 it was your boarding. So, like, you are there. Oh, oh. You are there all the time. So, um, you get dropped off at the beginning of term, um, and you have three weeks at school. Then you get an exiat, which is a weekend away, weekend at home. Um, so, I was lucky. I lived about 45 minutes from the school. So, my mum came, picked me up, went home for the weekend. And then you did that in another three weeks, half term, three weeks, weekend. So, you only went home, like, once a month, really. Um, and you hell. lived in school the whole time. We had We had school on Saturdays. Um, yeah. Well, every, so every day you had something you had to do. Yeah, every day. Like you basically your whole time is structured the whole time because obviously if you just get kind of t- teenage boys all together, yeah, and they're not doing something like there's all sort of like I don't know fights happen or I don't know. It's, so what I can't imagine what a fight would look like at Harrow. This is the thing. Like and and <laughs> so imagine and like someone slapping blood. someone with a glove. Yeah. Do they call it, do they call a, it a game of fisticuffs? <laughs> <laughs> This is the thing, like my, obviously uh, I was in a very, very privileged position to be able to go to this school, but Mm. the school is not like what you would imagine one of these schools to be like, yes, we wear ridiculous outfits (laughs) and we look like idiots. Yeah. Um, But in terms of like the, oh, tally-ho chap, how are you doing? Nice to see you. Um, That doesn't really happen. No one really talks like that. Everyone kind of talks like me, which is, yeah, I I am posh. I sound posh. Yeah. Um, But it's not like this, the uber kind of posh that you kind of imagine. Oh, right. Um, So, yeah. What is a straw boater? So a boater is a, it's a hat. Mm. Good start. Um, <laughs> and if you can imagine what the guys in Venice wear when they're punting down the river, um, okay. it goes round all the time and it's got a little bit. We've got a boater on it. Uh, yeah, I, I think Fiona is now going to Google a straw boater hat. Yeah, there we go. Oh, there we oh, go. Oh, type, type in straw boater harrow. <laughs> oh, here we go. Exclusives. Um, yeah, so there we go. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The, mate, that is he ridiculous. Was, he was in my boarding house, that bloke. Was he really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. That's mental. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, every, so every day, so we would have, um, obviously, like, oh, here we go, it's a PowerPoint now. Um, we this would, is the first ever presentation we've had live on Happy Hour. This, this was my year. <laughs> I, know the, I know those guys there. <laughs> That's so funny. Hey, I recognise him. That's not Harrow. That's the, Shrewsbury. Oh, but that little, gin, oh. that little ginger kid has done something before. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's nothing to do with Harrow, though. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. okay. So, yeah, we would live in boarding houses, and you would go from classroom to classroom, which are in different buildings, and you obviously have to walk on the street, like in the, and you'd have to wear your boater. Whenever you're out in public, you wear your boater. If you walk past a teacher who's walking the other way, you tip your hat. You, like, you acknowledge them. If it's, <sighs> a, if it's a female teacher, you almost take off your cap to say good afternoon or good morning. Um, and, uh, yeah, lived in, a, lived in a boarding house. And then on, so we'd have... On Wednesdays and Fridays, we had, we had 
lessons until one o'clock. And then after that, you played sport all afternoon. So that's why we had Saturday school, because we missed out on Wednesdays and Fridays. Oh, surely you'd just be thinking, give us Saturday off and yeah. we'll just go right through on the mon- on yeah. the Wednesday and Friday. No, no, so Saturday school's up till uh, one o'clock and then you play sport matches in the afternoon. And then Sunday at 11 is chapel. And oh, wow. Then you normally play sport again in the afternoon. So. What do you do on evenings? So evenings you'd have dinner and then you'd go back to your boarding house where they would sign you in, just check whether you were back in the, in the house, didn't do a runner. Um, and then you'd have prep for two hours you'd sit in your room and you would do i don't know your homework for the day and then you'd had an hour after prep and then it was bedtime oh my word mm. that's sorry but that sounds like fucking hell it was like it was and it wasn't um it i didn't know anything and i didn't know any better like yeah i i had been i went to primary school and then went to harrow at the age of 13 right and so it was suddenly put in this environment and you kind of have to adapt really quickly because although like there are great opportunities that Harrow presented me um there were also some downsides like having 70 boys aged between 13 and 18 in a boarding house living with each other literally side by side for three weeks there's going to be some problems yeah like, there's going to be like arguments disagreements um so there's a few of that you learn quite quickly what to what to do what not to do my dad had been to the had been to the school like 30 40 years earlier my dad was a really, really good sportsman. He played for the kind of Young England team in cricket and oh, ru- wow. and rugby as well. And so everyone knew who my dad was, all the teachers. Like, oh, wow. When I first got there, like, oh, Fosh, are you, are you Matthew's, Matthew's son? I was like, yeah, yeah. And so there was always almost an expectation for me to, to go there and to be this like sporting god yeah my dad had been at this school that everyone had spoken about and um, are you no <laughs> a disappointment <laughs> um and so well, i was i was okay at cricket so i managed to get into the first team for cricket and it was very much like an american high school if you're in one of the sports teams you are ipso facto cool right so i managed to get away with being part of the cool group even though i didn't really get on with them and right. like, i haven't spoken to any of my, my mates from from school afterwards like I, none of my mates i've got uh, from school really two friends of mine are from from harrow do do you if 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 we just sort of tar them all with the same brush and uh, and we do call them posh everyone mm. that goes there's posh do you get on better with posh people or do you get on better with like common mark like zach and jay I, I mean, more. I, very few of my friends are would be called posh, right? Um, but again, that's. I mean, it's not a problem, but it's is what happens. Like you get very much pigeonholed into a group of people, mm. and there are the people that you see um, online or like. I've interviewed them who mm. are so incredibly posh, mm. and it's almost like it's their adjective. Like they kind of want to prove to the world that like they've had some i don't know they've had some things people say oh you're posh therefore you're a twat mm. so therefore they've even run with that and they were like yeah no i am super posh got so many houses love horses mummy and daddy pay for everything and i think it's like a defense mechanism for them because they don't want to they don't want to kind of like i don't know argue with it or whatever mm. so i'm i'm more i'm better mates definitely with with kind of people who didn't go to the private school kind of sector but right. having said that there are loads of kids who went to harrow who were on scholarships who weren't from there were very very few but very few percent of the population are the kind of the imagination you would have right of, like, the stereotype, like, the stereotype of, yeah. of a posh person do you do you, does it offend you at all when people call you posh it doesn't offend me at all because i know like i am like I, it's my background i'm not going to hide the fact that i am i am posh mm. um and i for, for a long time like at uni i tried to they were like, oh, you're this, you're a posh wanker. It's like, well, get to know me and yeah. then you can make that decision. I think that 
that's what I've tried quite hard is that like have a chat with me. Yes, I am posh. Yes, I come from a very privileged background. Mm. But then have a chat with me, get to know me, and then you can make a decision. Um, and so I struggled with that quite a lot because I was like, oh, well, I don't really know what to do or what to say. But right. actually, I just kind of thought, do you know what? Look, I can't change where I'm from. Yeah. As long as I'm nice to people and I treat people with respect, then that's the most important thing. I do feel like the, the stereotype of the posh person, they, they often have to start on the back foot. Yeah. Because people who aren't, like we would we would probably, like before... But I also, quickly, I don't, I don't <clears throat> begrudge that at all. Mm. I don't, I think that a few, I don't think that's a bad thing because mm. we are, we've been so lucky in what we've had growing up. So I don't think it's a bad thing that you should be on the back foot when you meet someone. Yeah. I was going to say, do you, do you not think it's kind of a jealousy thing though, from like someone who's not seen as posh to mm. come from a family very different? Do you think they get a bit arsy with posh people because they don't have the stuff they have? I don't know because like with, I'm, I, I'm lucky enough to have done some crazy things in my life. Yeah. And when I saw, I'm not putting you in this bracket, Max. But when I saw Bobby Misner's "Who Is Bobby" video, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby portrays this posh sort of appearance and whatnot. But I didn't once think, "Oh, I'm jealous of him. He's got a house in Saint Tropez." Like I, no, I was but, thinking, "You're a twat." <laughs> yeah. But you're at an age that you can properly understand that now. But if you were 12 and you saw another kid who had a way nicer house than you and stuff at that age it's a bit more like oh my god i don't know i I think i am still quite ignorant to stuff like that like if if somebody on the if there was a new politician on the news he was like oh today we're going to be doing and but then there was also somebody that spoke a bit more like me going today and they had the same policies i'd probably pretend to sway more towards the person that speaks like me i think it's just what you're comfortable what what, i don't know what you what you're comfortable with and it doesn't help when you have people like bobby misner running around like don't don't <laughs> he sat in that very seat. No, that I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know the guy. I, I don't know the guy. But I, when I saw that video, I wasn't. I wasn't on YouTube. I wasn't really doing YouTube. Mm. And I thought, a, how, how arrogant is that? Mm. B, how insensitive is that? Mm. And C, why? <laughs> That's a great question. Because look, that that was that was a perfect example of someone who has got wealth. Mm. Fine. Who didn't procure it himself yeah but is then like gesticulating to everybody in the world that he did mm. um, or maybe not that he did but he's he's flaunting that wealth yeah and for me that like really really frustrated me because of having like knowing people from that background being from that background myself and having the access to some of the things that bobby misner has mm. i just think it's so unnecessary and peacocking to be mm. like, guys, look at me. And then subsequently, what has he done? Yeah. If, he, if he wanted to do it to, to start a YouTube career mm. and then maybe prove to other people what he could do as a creator, fine. I looked through his stuff. It's all just... I saw him pop up in the Jake Paul Armani yeah. um, house party in, over the 4th of July. It's like, yeah. what are you doing there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's what he said to us, isn't it? That he was wanting to become a creator. Mm. And every, yeah, it didn't really... Did he edit that first video? I think he's quite good at editing. I'll if give him did, that. Fair yeah. play. Yeah. Really fair play. I think I think he is because I think he I think that Candyland Productions might be his production company, which I'm I, I don't quote me on that. I think he is decent at editing and uh, but I don't know it for a fact. But every you're right. The best question you ask is is why? Like every video he makes is a trailer yeah. for his life. For his life and it, I but, can tell you it's not like that. No. It no. won't be like that. And no. it, it just, it is, it's just disappointing. <laughs> um, because I, yeah, I, I kind of felt like, look, if you are going to be from that 
community. Mm. That's fine. I don't think you should ever hide who you are. Mm. But don't flaunt it in such a way when you haven't even made it yourself. Yeah. If you have done that, like if you're a PewDiePie of this world and you suddenly become into huge amounts of money, mm. completely your prerogative to do whatever the fuck you like with your money. It was like he was sat telling people to work really hard and achieve their goals when he's not worked hard no. and been handed it on a silver, no. on a and, silver platter. And I will admit that's probably one of the reasons why I started doing YouTube because I was, I, I went through, I did all the internships. Mm. I got like... Got the got to sit on the desk at this like incredibly prestigious like place in the city through a connection and this and that um, and I just didn't enjoy it and so when I started I wanted to be a radio presenter right because and that's where I started and then I kind of got into YouTube but YouTube I feel like is such a meritocratic environment that only the best content if only if you make good content only if you're good at what you do do you succeed right and there's a little bit of a chip on my shoulder definitely in that sense that I want to succeed on YouTube because I want to prove to myself. And other people who say, oh, posh people get everything they they get because they're posh and their families are wealthy. Yeah. I've wanted to become successful on YouTube because for myself to be able to prove, okay, look, I've done this myself. I've been able to break into a, an industry that doesn't matter who the hell you are. Yeah, that's a very as long as your incredible way to put it. Because, yeah, being posh, you don't have any advantage. Yeah. And if anything, you have a bit more of a mountain to climb because the average Joe is probably going to... Think, without knowing you, I think you're a bit of a dick. Yeah, and then fine. when they get and then when they get to know you, they sure. they, they can they can make their yeah, own minds. Well, up. the whole of the internet is just about being relatable, isn't it? And if, mm. if and I know I'm not relatable. Yeah. Well, I, I try. I know I can't be relatable where I'm from, but mm. hopefully I can be relatable in the conversations I have with people. But, but you, you're you're very. I think you're, so, you're without being too blatant. You're quite self-deprecating, which is good. Yeah. Like in a ter- in the in the fact that you you know you're posh. You're you're you interview other posh people, mm. and you kind of make fun at that stereotype, which in turn you're making fun at your own stereotype yeah. which i then think makes you relatable to people okay uh, it, does that make sense yeah, it makes sense and actually i the, the, i actually the, the posh videos are the the hates that i get the most oh any, wow because other posh but when i like sometimes meet people in the street they're like oh you're that bloke who takes the piss out of posh people but, but you're also posh or so <laughs> almost as if trying to get me to say oh my god i am I can't <laughs> doing this. but that's what makes you most qualified for that job exactly I'm like who else is going to be able to do this <laughs> yeah yeah you can't look yeah. like a prick doing it i no. can I could never dis- uh, deconstruct YouTubers until I became a YouTuber. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, you- Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I have absolutely no problem with posh people coming at me and saying, oh, you take the piss out of posh people, you're also posh. I was like, I know. <laughs> and also, like, if anything, it just kind of helped... Well, it kind of gave one of the reasons why I started doing the posh video is when the first posh video I did, I went to the Royal Agricultural University in Sirencester, which is a farming um, university. And they have got like the real kind of stereotypical posh people because they're all they're all from farming stock. Right. So they're not they all live in the country. And, oh, no, that's really good stuff. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I actually the reason I first went was because I wanted to almost pastiche posh people because I thought. I saw the Bobby Mizner style hmm. and I thought, look, these people have, uh, obviously, they, they think that, well, I often feel that posh people do it because they want to get a rise out of people. But hmm. I thought, you look so stupid to everybody else. So I went and did that video because I wanted to kind of say, look, guys, you, you, you can be posh, of course. I'm not saying don't be posh, mm-hmm. but like you can just be a bit more, like, I don't know, I'm not telling anyone to, to be what they are. But, yeah. Um, to be a bit more kind of sensitive about what they what they talk about. And yeah, there are other things going out there in the world, and I I actually got kicked out of there. Did so, you? Yeah, I cr- I, w- I went in and uh, I uh, it was their big end of summer ball, um, and I went in 
just literally just park my car around the back. This is what Harrow does give you. Gives you this kind of assumed confidence that you can just walk into somewhere. And right. You're confident enough that you can walk in somewhere and just chat and you'll be okay. So I walked in um, and they were all kind of smoking. Hey, how are you doing? They were super excited for this evening. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I kind of got there with a massive kind of like camera and a light and a microphone. And luckily some of them had seen the videos before. So they all kind of like came over and I was mm. having a chat with them. And just as I was about to leave, I was about to do the intro. And I saw, I thought, fuck, there's, there's someone, come, the big security coming over to me. Um, and I hadn't done the intro yet. So I thought, I need to get this intro done outside the, the, the place where they're all going into this party. And so this guy comes over and goes, uh, there's probably geese, he's like, are you, are you here for the party, mate? I was like, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I am. He's like, who do you know who's here? I didn't know anyone. So I just plucked like a posh name of my hand. like, Ned. Um, <laughs> and he was like, oh, he lives next door. He was like, all right. And he walked off. It gave me 25 seconds to do the intro. I had to do it in one take because I knew that he was about to go and get the, one of the teachers or one yeah. of the professors who knew that I shouldn't have been there. And um, I did the intro and then she was like, oh, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Like, you, like please get out. And wow. Like, it's out. And I'm surprised that they haven't messaged me afterwards saying, please, can you take it down? What grounds would they have for that? Oh, you're just filming on their property. Uh, maybe I was filming yeah. on their property. Um, right. I probably shouldn't say that because I'm probably not going to come after me. <laughs> um, but but it's, the, it's the video, the, the Royal Agricultural University of Sirencester video is the one video that kind of people say all the time. Oh, yeah, I watched your, your video with the posh kind of farmers. Yeah. Um, so you see, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've seen it, but I can't pick it out because to me, a, a posh person is a posh person. <laughs> I, I don't know who the ultra posh are. Yeah. But um, do you need to be rich to be posh? Mm-mm. No. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. The, the, the origin of the word posh is mm. that uh, to be really... I, I think I know it. Okay, what, what do you think it is? Why, where's the name posh come from? So it's a shipping term, mm-hmm. and it's port outwards, starboard home. There you go. Are you impressed? You've done research for the first time ever on this show. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I already knew it. I think Why? Fiona told me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think Fiona's probably... Not she's not posh by any means, but she's more that way. Like her mum and dad and my mum and dad, they're like contrasting. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of posh can be seen purely in an accent now. Yeah, though. yeah. But I, think, I, I mm. work with people that people call posh. When I first moved to Bristol, people called me posh purely mm. because I don't talk exactly it, it, like a farmer, mm. but I do have a Norwich twang. So it's kind of like it's because I think a reason for a lot of people like when I when I go abroad, a lot of people think that the Norfolk accent is posh because we say bath, we don't say bath, mm. no, and yeah. bath is quite a hard a like ah oh, yeah yeah. I you know that um, psychic video I was telling you about. Um, one of the ladies that I spoke to, who apparently contacted my nan, she um, she told me that I was I was very upper class and I had a private education. Now, if I go to Norwich and I speak to my mates, they're like, "You've got the worst Norwich accent of, of, of anyone." So it's it it's just all a perception thing, isn't yeah, it? From totally. from other people. So, in answer to your question, I don't think I don't think it is like like one way or the other. I don't think you need. Much. I, don't, I don't know what being posh is, but there is obviously the accent element of. Yeah, it seems to be the thing that makes people posh or not. I think posh can be sort of boiled down to whether or not you have a roundabout in the front garden. <laughs> in which case, then I'm not posh, guys. So. <laughs> there you go, confirmed. Uh, yeah, cool. But before we go to an ad break, and um, when we come back, I really want to delve into Max Fosh content because if you haven't seen it, guys, um, I've shouted out a lot on, on the on the YouTube channel. I'm a big, 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 big fan. Um, we'll be we'll be delving into all your different series and whatnot. But um, just to finish on uh, this half on a bit of a cliche i'm gonna ask you some very quick fire kind of um 
council estate questions and see see this is going to be clipped and i'm going to live with this for years what is a council estate well, question they're not they're not but i was born on a, i was born and raised on a council estate and i just want to see how max's mind works so okay. um if you don't mind uh, have you ever found porn in a park bush not in a park bush i found it in a park no but not in the bush where, yeah. where was the park at school. Oh, bloody hell. There you go. Oh, what, are we talking magazine? Yeah, magazine is almost like this like weird drug deal, but n- with nuts. <laughs> so you would... Um, this isn't going to make me sound any better, but my school had a golf course, right? <laughs> okay. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They all do. Um, and so there were benches around there, and so boys would kind of like drop off magazines and you'd go pick them up. Really? See, See that's not too dissimilar... To how we did it, but fourteen-year-old boys are fourteen-year-old boys. (laughs) That's true. We found a dildo once. I didn't find anything. (laughs) (laughs) I took it home, and my auntie made. I was very young. Okay, I will say, and my auntie made me disinfect my hands and put it in the bin. Good auntie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have you ever played? There's four games here. We'll go through them quickly. Have you ever played rebounds? Uh, yeah, that's like kicking a ball, ball against a wall. <laughs> yeah, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, Wembley singles. Yeah, that, yeah, that's fun, like <laughs> I'm falling in love with you slowly. Yeah. Dog's ass. No, I've never played dog's ass. You've never played dog's ass. I'm sure I've got a different name for it. Well, it's the it? so when you play a game like uh, Wembley singles or headers and volleys. Yeah, headers and yeah, volleys, great game. The loser of that game gets the ball booted at their ass. Oh yeah, we call it bums. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's a way posher way of yeah. saying it. Yeah. That's, Anyone that's... up for a game of bums? Oh, actually, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a private school joke in there yeah, somewhere. There but Someone's uh, going to rack in the comments. <laughs> I will not stoop that low. No, no, uh, yeah, there's exactly the same thing. We, but that's actually the main thing that we used to do at school. It's like there was a little... <laughs> Max, come on. The main thing we did at school was bums. bums. <laughs> <laughs> and going to say, well... <laughs> uh, Kirby? Yeah, I, I know what that is, but I've never played it. Okay. Um, did you Did you ever have a tag? What? I get like a. Oh, a ta- I thought you meant what, like an prison, electric, an electronic yeah. tag. <laughs> no, he means a graffiti tag. I didn't have a graffiti tag. I d- but you I- did have an electronic prison tag. <laughs> no comment. It was like an instant. <laughs> I put a dildo in a bush. <laughs> Let's just say somebody didn't want to play bums. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And scene. <laughs> Um, what was it well I've lost my train of thought oh yeah my my tag um, thanks for asking was called uh, that's what I'm here for was called new craze what because I thought I was going to be the new craze wow yeah and then Jackmate was born so I very much was in a way what are some uh, what are some nicknames of people you grew up with of people I grew up with because I imagine like council estate it's going to be like yeah what did you I had uh, Bubsy good good Bubsy We, uh, we had Rolo Walshy. Swampy. It was literally just last names. So I was just Fosh, Foshy, and then like obviously just like Posh, Fish, Fish Fingers. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was that was not after a, a particular instance. <laughs> this game, I had. Um, no, no, it was just literally just people's last names. Okay. Yeah, yeah we had that. We, we, I always found that anyone called Lewis or Louis, you just called them by the last name. Wellem, Moore. Just people I know now. Kennedy. Yeah. Walshy was a Lewis. Louis Walsh. <laughs> that was why they oh, called him I that. thought you meant Louis Walsh. I was like, do people call <laughs> no, him Walshy? His name was Louis Wiseman Ty. But, um, That's quite tricky. Yeah, yeah, so people just started calling him Walshy because of Louis Walsh, which was... I don't know how nicknames come about. No one ever called me my surname because you'd just be calling me White all the time and that's quite weird. Yeah. I get called, though, I found that I get called my full name. So some people just get called Stevie or Jack. I, I'm always Max Fosh. I think that's because both of your names are one syllable because yeah. I get called Jack Dean a lot. I do, yeah. yeah so Jack Dean, Max Fosh. But Walsh. I think Jack mate's taken that away from you. 
Yeah, a little so, bit. Yeah, yeah. people get people get really, like you know, like people who are too cool to like your YouTube videos. Like my football mates will be like they 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 won't claim to watch them or anything, and they'll they'll go, oh Jack mate, um, and then they go, oh don't mean like <laughs> Jack mate. They get really embarrassed by it. That's quite strange thinking about it. I've never once said just your first name. Yeah. Every time yeah. I've Max spoke, Max yeah, Max I've Fosh. always said Max Fosh. Yeah. It's like a superhero's name. It's quite good. Apparently, at university, there was a guy who saw my name on a list and thought. I want to be friends with that guy. That's a great name. <laughs> so I thought, oh, that's the only reason we got you in. Yeah, you know, na- he, that guy's now my flatmate. So. <laughs> oh wow, that's <laughs> how so it works. So it works. Wow, what song defines your teenage years? Um, Tinchy Strider. What? Or uh, N Dubs? Uh, there was a lot of N Dubs. Tinchy Strider, <laughs> number one, number one. Uh, Hangover by Tayo Cruz. Oh, what a belt <laughs> that was! Bloody hell! Um, this is one. I Lil Wayne and Millie. When that I tune. Thought, when I first Very heard good. that, I first <laughs> heard that. I thought the iPod was broken because he goes and Millie and Millie and Millie and Millie. Oh God! I was like, are you... these are not the songs we expected. <laughs> no, what were you expecting me to say? Like God Save well, England my, my... <laughs> in Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah, mine would yeah. be. Mine would probably be. Panic in a disco. I write sins, not tragedies. I think the obvious is Great the killers, Mr. Brightside. Yeah, yeah, I love that. But because I, I feel like the ones you named, like end dubs and that, like mm. I think end dubs are like bunch of cringe bags really and i feel like that's like not slacking you off but like that's what the that's what the, like a posh person would be like yeah no i like bloody n dubs like that that would that, be the co- so that's why he's actually said i'm a little way yeah, he's never heard it who, who are these people? <laughs> little way <laughs> oh he is good okay i think we'll go for a break there and when we come back we'll be uh speaking to max about zach and jay about all of his series on youtube and uh I'm sure we'll mention a meal deal at some point again. Come back after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello guys and welcome back to Jack Mate's Happy Hour. Sorry about the first half. Spoke a lot about um meal deals, dominoes, nandos. I get that's just happy hour, so you're apologizing for our show. Yeah, that's testament to you actually, Max, because when we have a guest that we don't feel is like just like just like a pal, just like a host, then um <laughs> then we uh we have to talk about them. We feel compelled to. Oh, but right. the fact that we've... We don't want to talk about you. <laughs> the fact that we've binned off your entire career... I'm dull. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a testament to you. We're, uh, what do, what, how would you explain what it is you do? Because I've written down on, on, on my sheet, uh, comedian, presenter, mm. YouTuber. Mm. But how would you sum you up? Or how would you sum your YouTube channel up to someone who hasn't seen it? So my YouTube channel is 
very inoffensive, um, light-hearted, bingeable, funny content, mm-hmm. hopefully. There's no point for what I'm doing. I mean, there's not much point for most YouTubers <laughs> in the content they make. That's very um, true. But it's meant to be... Uh, I, I, I picked I picked people like Kasim G back in the day. He was my, he was oh, my idol. Mate, tell me about it. And, 100%. And I saw the... I started... Well, this is when I started YouTube. I saw the format, the interview on the street format. Mm. Saw him do it. He was an absolute god. And I thought... I reckon I could do. I reckon I could give a good stab at that. Um, so I started doing the uh, the street smart stuff. Um, and so if I was to encapsulate all of it, it would be um, light hearted, inoffensive comedy. Mm, in a nutshell, yeah, perfect. Uh, California on what a series? What the, the guy? He was. It was. He was the first guy doing it. Yeah, it was incredibly funny mm. um he was just towing the line then he went to the conventions and if you look at my like uh, like beginning of my youtube like that's exactly what i did i did yeah. street interviews and then i went to conventions yeah because i just saw kasim g and i absolutely loved him do you think kasim because i haven't watched his stuff for years now because he hasn't really done much for years do you think it still holds holds its own now or do you think there's i think there's a lot of the jokes he makes are very problematic yeah I think that, that, that would be that would be considered problematic in yeah. today's world um i think as pieces of content i still think they're really funny yeah they're not as sharply edited as you like see on youtube nowadays yeah um which i think you might not he might not be able to like hold an audience like he used to be able to mm. um but he i think he made a shitload of money and then went away because he had a production company that he sold right for seven figures eight figures really i, I heard that i read yeah. this and that's why and now he's just he just does podcasting i i'm a, i don't know why i'm surprised that you you kind of like used to love him because i see a lot of that in your content that is essentially what what you do it isn't is. it quick fire street interviews with the weird and wonderful kind of general public and actually i've always wanted to do a street smart on that exact place he did it on venice beach oh that mural yeah so if anyone's watching Casim uh, G, I will fly to <laughs> California and do a video with you, without you. On that broad walk, so. I, 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 I've been there a few times, and it is one of the strangest places. Oh, it's mad! Yeah, I've been once. I, I, I um, me and Fiona stayed in a hotel right on that beach. Um, I think it was called On the Beach or something. And uh, there was a shooting outside our hotel room, meaning right outside the door, meaning we couldn't go back into the hotel. We had to go around the back, which is uh, very Still bizarre. Still want to do that video? <laughs> California dreaming, baby. <laughs> Have you always been, because you're quite confident in, in, in you're very confident in them. Have you always been confident or has that been something that you'd have, you've had to learn whilst doing that series? Yeah, I think... To go back to like school, mm. so like I said earlier, it's something that you kind of get taught at school because you get thrown into these situations with older people, with parents, with teachers and events where you need to be quite confident. You need to learn how to hold your own. So I definitely would say I've always been confident, but that wasn't enough, I don't think, to have made Street Smart what it is now. Mm. Like, that all came from my like presenting stuff that I used to do. Mm. Um, and it took a long, long time for me to kind of work out how this thing works or how I'm going to like portray myself. Fair enough. What's your, what's your, what's your aim with it? The street smart stuff. I don't know. Um, honestly, just to have fun. Yeah. That's the, honestly the aim that I have with all the content I make is just to have fun and have crazy experiences. Street smarts quite a lot. Like a much calmer version of 
Billy Eichner. Oh. Billy on the street. Billy on the street. Billy Who's Eichner. That? Billy Eichner, um, American, but it, I don't think you'd like it. It's a very intense. He runs up to people, asks a question, but he'll shout in their face. Mm. They'll answer. But then he's done it with celebrities. He'll have a celebrity run around and ask questions with him. Oh, did he do one? Um, yeah, I think I he know. then. I yeah. think he's acting now. So he's in. He was in American Horror Story. Mm. Um, but I, I, I saw a few episodes of it. Some of them were a bit too much for me. I was like taken back by it. It's like oh, what, that, what? Like offen- offensive? No, just like it's, it's very. In your in, face, in your mm. face whereas you're obviously a bit more relaxed yeah. um, quick witted but he's just a bit like I'll shout at you go to the next person and shout at them oh right it's Fair a enough. game show called for a dollar so he will go up to like suddenly someone walking down the street in, in New York and he'll run for a dollar um, who's your favourite member of Boyzone and these people are like uh, uh, yeah, um, uh, it's like <laughs> two leg next and uh, it runs off yeah. um, and I've seen actually the uh, I've seen on a video online the production crew what it looks like because obviously he just runs and so he's got two but, cameras he's got about four producers running behind with, with waivers like going up to the person and like can you sign this to me and so a lot of the places are like pixelated because they didn't get the consent oh wow um, yeah yours is a lot more kind of relaxed yeah, yeah. much more relaxed the, um, I think the appeal, the appeal of yours is how you're obviously very witty very quick and um you, it's weird because you do it in a, in a way that's not actually nasty, but you do give the pe- people some stick, don't you? I do a little bit. I don't want to. I don't want to. If someone says something stupid, yeah, I will react to that. Yeah, I don't want to make anyone look like an absolute dick. In in like in response, if people come to me and like rip me mm. in a video, I'll keep it in because it's funny. Yeah, I don't want to have this idea that I'm going there to take the piss out of someone to really get them to look like an idiot that's yeah. not really my aim at all um but it does often happen um, have you ever like offended anyone not really i've i learned very quickly so when i started doing it, i started doing it with uh at uni yeah. so um i had the the, the beginning of like the, all of the youtube stuff was i wanted to do these street interviews mm-hmm. and there was a um a society at the university called newcastle tv i was at newcastle and they were doing their own version and they like i said oh can i come be a presenter and they were like nah I don't think they said no it's like oh we're not really doing anything at the moment it's not really good time so I thought well hold on it's on the street I can just do it myself so I then set myself a goal of like doing five interviews five videos in five days of Freshers Week in my last year Um, I didn't know what to do with a camera or editing or anything like that um, I didn't even know how to interview people, what the best way to go about it was. And every night I would I would film, wake up the next day, edit, yes, the last night, post, go out and film, and just did that for five days. And that was a huge baptism by fire, not only with like editing, but how to talk to people, how to get comedy out of people. Mm. Um, has anyone got angry at me? No, because initially it was all with drunk people. Mm. And I realized very quickly with drunk people that whatever you give them, they will give back to you times 10. Right. So if you get, guys, how are we? oh god you go out for a few beers can i grab for a quick interview two minutes of your time mm. then they're so much more conducive to it yeah and um, but if you go hey mate can i, can I grab for an interview then they're all, all immediately got the guard up and also the microphone is great because it's really sensitive so i can say something under my breath <laughs> they, won't, they won't hear it at all and <laughs> um, that's happened a few times have you um have you ever is that how you met zach and jay no so I I was at uni for my last year. I was making these street smart videos outside clubs in Newcastle. And I've, as you can imagine, Newcastle, there was an abundance of people to talk to mm. outside nightclubs. And I was also doing like hospital radio stuff. And I was just trying to be a like, presenter. I was only on Facebook. I had about like 15,000 likes on Facebook. Mm. Um, I've seen your videos do the rounds on Facebook. Yeah, so yeah. They, did, they initially did the rounds massively because it was so much, I learned, it's relationship engagement. So it's at Jack. Oh my God, have you seen they're outside this club? Yeah. It's not exactly the content. It's more like, oh, 
we recognise this place or we recognise this person. So initially that's how the videos did well within the Newcastle sphere because it was all like the bloke that you've shagged the week before or the person you don't hate is in this video. Right. Um, so I was making those videos. I'd done about 40, 50 of them. Um, I'd, even, I'd even done a tour around the, the UK unis. So I'd gone to different unis around the UK. Yeah, I read period. that you did like 12 unis in I two did, weeks. Yeah, I did 12 unis in two weeks. And I would go, I would film, I would get in the car, drive to the next place, wake up the next day, edit the previous night, film drive to the next place it was hell for two weeks it was wow. absolute hell what what um, what was why why did you want to do that because i just thought there's something here i'd also i was also just graduated from uni i was yeah. unemployed i didn't know what i was going to do and i thought well let's just give this a real go yeah and i was expecting like to i was posting every day then there'd be like real real growth on facebook and it would do really really well no, no, nothing happened right it's like fuck what do i do and then i moved into a flat and i walked past zach and I didn't know him. He didn't know me. I'd watched his Zach Allsop content for a long, long time. He just started the Zach and Joe show. And I walked past him and I messaged him on Instagram. I said, hi, mate. Um, I saw you walking in, in Shepherd's Bush today. Um, I'd love to be able to help out filming for you. But what I realized very quickly was that I get, we all probably get these messages as usual quite a lot. Mm-hmm. But I thought, what value can I bring to him in this scenario? So I was, I was such a dick. I put, I've, I've, I make videos myself. I've got 10 million views on Facebook. But so I was really like pushing myself. Yeah. And I thought nothing of it. And then I went to bed and I woke up the next morning. It was 8.30. I rolled over, looked at my phone and he'd replied and said, can you get to the O2 Arena by 9.30? And I was in Shepherd's Bush. And it was literally one of those moving moments where you look at the, look at the watch, look at your phone, <laughs> look at the camera, let's go. And so I like threw on, I didn't know what we were filming. It's like to be, to, to film for like Zach and Jay, it'd be so cool. So I was big fans of them. Yeah. And I rocked up to the um, O2 Arena and they didn't tell me what was, what was going on. And I rocked up and they were being interviewed by the police. And so my first meeting of both of them, they saw me coming, this guy with a camera that they'd met the day before. <clears throat> my voice keeps breaking because I'm going through puberty. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they, I remember Jamie just going, you're right, lads, a bit busy, and <laughs> talking to these coppers. And eventually they were, because they were doing a brand deal for Red Bull with right. Travis, Travis Pastrana on the top of the um, uh, O2 Arena. Like, so we walked up onto this dome. Having never met Zach and Jay before, we sent a message <laughs> within 24 hours. I was on top of the O2 <laughs> drinking champagne with Travis Pastrana, this like legend of the X, uh, X Games world. Um, like, we were chatting to them. How are you guys doing? Like, um, and like, meeting like chatting to Zach and Jay more and then we went for a beer afterwards and then we lived quite close to each other so we would become relatively we became mates we saw each other around and I would help film for them sometimes whenever they needed someone this was early days for them this was probably they were on about 30 40 50k as, oh, wow. as a duo right um and then um they they called me up and they said we've got an idea for a video that we want you to be involved with are you keen and then fashion show, fashion week happened. <laughs> I think we're going to dive into that, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, I think so we are. You, you were, let me remember the name. So you were Maximus Bucharest mm-hmm. from, from Bucharest. <laughs> this, was this, this was this character. And Zach and Jay, for anyone who doesn't know, we've had them on the show before. A couple of um, lovely lads, a couple of YouTubers. Don't want to say pranksters, but maybe... No, I don't think pranksters, but like they definitely formed a whole like niche of getting into breaking into places. Yeah, so they got onto the the Olympic gold medal winners bus or the medal winners bus, and 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 um, Zach got in Conor McGregor's dressing room. Yeah, would be more like tricksters. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know how you brand it, but they're, they're very very clever, very inventive, mm. and um, a lot of people 
Nico, myself, have taken elements of their yeah. videos and, and putting it into our own. So yeah. pioneers, some would say. Um, and their biggest banger, their most popular video today is um, We Faked a Model to the Top of Fashion Week. It's mm. currently on 17 million views. That's mental. That's only in YouTube, I can add. Yeah, is there more on... Uh, uh, we- at- on Weibo? Chinese social media, it got about 75 million. Wow. Yeah. And they can't monetize that again. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. And and in this video, they dress up their friend as the most crazy model ever, and they send him to Paris Fashion Week? London Fashion London Week first, fa- and then we did Paris Fashion Week. And, and you happen to be that friend. I was that friend, yeah. So I got a call from Zach saying, um, hi, mate, uh, I want you to be in a video um, don't ask questions. Um, we're having <laughs> we're having a meeting about it later. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll come along. And like, do you think my in my position, I was on thirteen hundred subscribers at the time. I was on about twenty thousand likes on Facebook. So I thought anything I can like be with these guys was really good exposure for me. Mm. So I met them, and they were like, we want to break. We want to we want to put a fake model and get them somehow to break into London Fashion Week. So I thought, okay, how are we going to do this? So we met. Unfortunately, they thought about this halfway through London Fashion Week. So we had forty eight hours to pull this off. So all our plan was was to go to Primark, dress in the most ridiculous stuff, go back to my flat, and then like do something that was that was the extent of it like not like nothing more than that so we went back to my flat we bought some weird stuff bought some weird glasses and uh, and we we then got stuff that was lying around my flat so my mum had given me um a carpet or a rug for like my, my sofa that we then realized oh hold on if we pin it like this it looks like a dress <laughs> um i then had some i had some marigold gloves that I hadn't opened so we then just took them and thought how can we make this a bit weirder oh let's just snip the ends off mm. so we'd like cut the ends of the fingers off um we also got we went to wh smith and we got fragile packing tape and um, that you'd normally get and we thought well, what could we do with let's let's maybe like use the letters of fragile and get them to say something else mm. so we then reordered them to say life rage gag and raw <laughs> <laughs> and then we just sat that we just sat that onto a t-shirt. It's, um, it's so stupid. It's genius. So stupid. And then we realised, well, okay, how are we going to make a scene? Well, paparazzi are going to be around. So we then got um, we got our friend Coco to uh, come with us, and she had a camera, and then Zach and Joe had a camera. So we walked to Somerset House um, in in London, which is where it was all happening. Mm-hmm. And um, it was the end of the day. It was getting dark. And then Coco then started like flashing the camera. Like at this point, we didn't know the name of the model. We didn't know anything else. We just, I was just dressed. I was oh, just dressed. wow. Was you hadn't even come up with the name. No, we didn't know what the name was. <laughs> um, and so they, they were like, so, so Coco started flashing the camera and started saying, Max, Max, over here, over here, over here. Then Zach started doing it or Jamie started doing it. And then the paparazzi just went, who's this bloke? And then just went mental. So I was then standing um oh this was also great um we we got a see-through bag from from primark and then with the fragile packing tape managed to write the words my emotional baggage on the bag good i like Uh, it and we had like a heart like an anatomically correct heart that we'd like (laughs) bought from tiger um that was in there so i was just like standing there like being like a model Mm. um so being really rude to people looking really bored um and that's when zach had a photographer come up to him and he said oh my god who's this guy and Zach just blurted out he's called Maximus Bucharest from Bucharest. 
<laughs> so that's how the name stuck. So that evening we went home and we thought, oh, that did all right. And we then went on Instagram and I was all over like the London Fashion Week Instagram, for, like street fashion, like, oh, this guy, Maximus Bucharest. And so we wow. then, using that info, we then messaged um, one of the shows the next day. Be like, we've got this new model. He's making a big scene. Um, like we really think you should come to your show, and they were like, "Yeah, fine. Here's two tickets." So how is it that easy? So then they they gave us two tickets, um, and I remember. So th- this is when we had a ticket, so I knew I was getting in. So I thought I can go mental here. I can look ridiculous and not worry about people turning me, looking at me like, "Oh, you look awful." Mm. So that point we then found plastic packaging tape that you get like these big bubbles yeah the air pocket the air pocket yeah yeah. and we then um safety pinned them to my shirt then became like a a collar of sorts (laughs) um we got um zach had some some shoes from prison when he'd spent a night in a cell (laughs) (laughs) zach brought us um some european grade prison shoes that i wore um and then i wore pretty much the same outfit and i just kind of walked straight in but what's interesting is what what you don't know is that we when i was putting it together it was so intricate the safety pins like came out and one of them was digging into my back so it would come out of its guards it was one was in my back oh. i said to them on the was like guys this there's a safety pin on my back they were like oh it's fine and so i was generally quite like annoyed because i was in so much pain so i was yeah. walking around like people are asking me for pictures um who who are you dressed as and at which point i thought well, who the hell am i going to be say i'm dressed as so i thought well we got the fragile packing tape from wh smith so i looked up what wh stood for so i just said i'm wearing walton henry smith oh so and they, good they bought it hook line and sinker and so we did that video um zach posted it and i thought oh that that went quite well people were really enjoying it and then i suddenly got loads of messages on my instagram all in mandarin oh and i was like what's going on here and there's one guy who spoke english he was like mate you're famous in china I said, what do you mean i'm famous in chinese like someone took the video uploaded like chinese subtitles to it and then whacked it on weibo which is their social media and it went so mega leap like 75 million people saw it in china i ended up being on the the like in the pakistani daily news um like it just went mad um, and and yeah, so that, that that's the story of the, the London Fashion Week. Wow, what a story! Yeah, it was amazing. And then we tried to do it again. As a plant-based cheese company, Daya has never talked about beef in an ad before, because someone somewhere once had a beef with saying beef and plant-based together. So putting a slice of Daya cheese on a beef burger, not okay. Well, our delicious melty cheese has a beef with your beef about beef. Because any step towards plant-forward eating is a step in the right direction. Daya, 100% plant-based, even if you're not. Now made with Daya Oat Cream Blend. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. What, what was before you get onto that that, yeah. that part? What was um what was this you've got a story about some earrings? Oh, so this was this was this was at the second time. Oh, did okay. It. Yeah. Right. So we then thought, right, fucking hell, Zach and Jay got 17 million views. My channel went from 1300 subscribers to 50k mm. overnight. Um, and that that very much put me on the path. And so we thought, fucking hell, guys, we've got a gold mine here. Yeah. So we then thought, right, well, Paris Fashion Week is coming up. Why don't we just do this? But this time we plan it and we seriously like 
we, we get this done. So we thought, okay, what could we do? And there was a guy in the first video who'd given me a concrete block that he was selling and yeah. he called himself Johnny Concrete. <laughs> he was, he was, this guy was hilarious. Um, and so uh, Johnny Concrete, was a, we found out, was a furniture maker who made loads of furniture in concrete. So we called up Johnny Concrete and said, Johnny, could you make a concrete dress? And he was like, he was the most accommodating guy. I was like, I'll see what I can do. Two days later, he's like, yeah, guys, I've made a concrete dress for you. <laughs> so he walked in and there was this, there was, there was this wearable piece of concrete. He, he'd fashioned, it was basically just a square. So I put my head in, put the arms out the side and just waddled around. How heavy was that? It was, yeah, it was heavy. Like you couldn't wear it for more than 15 minutes. Right. Um, and then with that, along with, and that, so right, so we thought we need two looks for Maximus. Maximus is going to wear the concrete outfit, mm-hmm. but he also needs something else because initially we were planning on selling merch with Maximus. Yeah. So we got a baby to point at a, uh, a word in the dictionary and we were going to make a whole like look out of that word. Yeah. So the word was perpendicular. So that's, that's quite like, the word, which yeah. is like a great word because yeah. there's like angles and like perpendicular to you. So we then thought, okay, let's make a T-shirt that has like the textbook definition of perpendicular on it. We were going to sell the T-shirt and we were going to put it on this enormous. Um, uh, it was like a, a curtain that we'd got. So I was going to wear this curtain with this T-shirt on it at ninety degrees, so it was perpendicular. And I was thinking after the first video had happened, I was at one of these posh drinks parties that. Mm. Um, my mum often has. And uh, one of her friends came up to me, who's a jewellery designer, quite a successful jewellery designer. Des- uh, she's like, Kate Middleton has worn her stuff before. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, so it's like really big jewellery designer. And she said to me, um, Maxie, darling, um, I saw your, your first video you did with the fashion, this wonderful stuff. <laughs> um, said, um, I, I would love to, I'd, I'd love to break China. I'd love to get like my product out to China. Like, how would you be able to do that? It's like, well, I said, I mean, you could, I mean, could you give me some of your earrings that I could wear at the next video we're doing in Paris? He said, yes, okay, that's fine. So the ne- I was, before we left for Paris, I went into this jeweler's in Sloane Square and she just like, which, which earrings would you like to, to take with you? I said, well, any? Said, yeah, of course. I was like, those ones look all right. So she, 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 was, she took them. And I looked. I looked them up online. They cost something like eight grand. These these earrings, like proper diamond earrings. And so we took these. So we had the concrete block. We had the perpendicular look. We were going to Paris. Now all I was thinking about was I cannot lose these earrings. These earrings need to stay on me. And so we had a plan of sticking the earrings to a toaster rack. To make, of course, like, you did. Yeah, to like make Maximus Bucharest look. Although he's got toaster rack on his face, he's also wearing like eight grand's worth of jewellery. And um, we walked around Paris. Now, in Paris, different was London because Paris, they are very much more about the the chic side of fashion. They mm. they like love suits. They look very well put together. So the wacky side of fashion doesn't really make a difference. So we went to four or five shows and like did the same trick. Like Maximus over here, over here, over here. No one gave a shit. No one cared who I was. It was so demoralizing. Remember, I was walking around Paris in a concrete block. <laughs> That's probably the, the most demoralizing outfit you could have been wearing. It was awful. And it got to the point where it was also, we realized the same paparazzi would go to the different shows because they knew exactly who they were looking for, who oh. they wanted to get pictures of. So we would, I was getting like, like visibly laughed at. And then eventually we thought our, our last chance is to go to Balmain, the big Balmain show. Now, this was a big deal. And we thought, okay, how are we going to make a scene? Um, and we found in Paris, lying in Paris, this, this Perspex big like plastic sheet. So we thought, if I 
wear this perspex sheet and i was we were doing this with another subscriber zach and jay who was parisian he's called max he was also called max right um so me and him we dressed up in these two outfits um if we walk up to the front of the balmain show where everyone's queuing all the paparazzi are under this like sheet that no one knows who we are then maybe when we take the sheet off they think we're these like really really impressive um models now remember i I then was then walking through paris with a perspex sheet over my head with eight grand's worth of jewelry dangling from my face behind a concrete block and they whipped off the uh the the perspex sheet and just everyone's like who are you (laughs) it was awful even worse is that there was a lot of policemen there in france as well because they'd had the paris attacks relatively recently so they went for a beeline for us they didn't know what we were they just saw two guys one wearing a concrete block and one wearing a really baggy curtain so quite rightly they like went for us and now if you look and if you watch the video um, it's so funny because i'm walking there's a shot of me walking you can see a policeman going right for me he's, he's walking straight towards me to to come and have a chat at which point the other model, Max, walks in front of me. So he's the one who gets stopped by the police and I just walk <laughs> off with these like, earrings dangling away. Um, and, then, so, so that, and then we managed to, to keep the earrings and give them back. But it was, that Paris trip was so demoralising. It got even worse. Actually, on the last day, I was like, right, this Max guy wasn't there. So I was going to be wearing the concrete block again. I got stuck in it. So I did, we, did the, we did the gym. Like, we went outside one of these shows and... No one took any pictures, so I was got, got quite embarrassed. So I just walked off down the street as if I was like making this big protest. And then I just stood in the street and I thought, right, previously it needed two people to take this big concrete block off. Right. So I, I thought, oh, it's so hot, I just need to get this thing off. So I, I tried to like maneuver it off my body, at which point I, I physically got stuck in concrete. And so there was, there was at one point where just my legs, I was sat on the floor on the Paris pavement, just my legs sticking out, the top half, <laughs> just a concrete block. <laughs> Um, and I just heard this old woman going, "Est-ce que je peux euh, vous aider?" Which means something like, "Can I help you?" <laughs> and my my like GCSE French was like, "Oui." <laughs> and this eighty-five-year-old Frenchwoman like pushed, or, like pulled a concrete block off of me, and I was just like, "Merci beaucoup," and she just walked off on her day. <laughs> Sounds like a TGF video. Oh, honestly, it was mad. <laughs> and so after that, like we've kind of very much like shelved Max's Bucharest stuff because we thought, "What a story that is." So so. So that video went up still, didn't that it? That video went up. I still got a million, one, like 1.1 1. 1 million views. Just the trickle through from the first one. Yeah, I, I probably imagine. just the trickle through. Yeah. Um, but so was that, because I can't, I can't remember it. I have seen it, but I can't remember it. Is it was, was it a fa- could you, could you piece the bits together to make a video or was it more I mean, just a fail? Zach did a really good job with it. But yeah. I think the, the message of the video was this was a failure. Right. We yeah. failed him. But yeah. We did do some mad stuff in the process. I like, think there's a success in the fact that you even had the fucking balls to do that. I don't know where those balls came from. Those boys, they can, it's weird because I'm like a quite a goody two shoes. Like yeah. I've come from a, a school that like loves authority. Like I know, like when I get told to do something and not, not to break rules, I don't do it. And right. So, but with them, I'm suddenly like, yeah, fucking hell, I'll just walk into a French like <laughs> street with a concrete block on me. I don't care. I don't care what people think. Um, how, so, how nervous were you? The first one shitting myself uh, what the london one the london one yeah i've never done anything like this before These you are... don't come across nervous you come across like you are you, like i thought um that was the first time i'd heard about you i think maybe i'd seen the street smart but i hadn't put the two and two together yeah. and i was certain that after i watched that not only was maximus bucharest a character but max Foch was a character too because <laughs> i thought it was a character <laughs> i just thought it was so 
well done. Like you just you you look you're like flushed out. Like you're red. Yeah, I've got yeah. really red cheeks. That's one of the, like the main cheeks that I have on the channel. So but, I've got red cheeks. But you didn't look embarrassed. Like you're just you've got that kind of model stare down to a yeah. T. Like I thought they'd probably hired you from Mandy.com no, or something. No, no. Like I was honestly <laughs> shaking myself. I'd never done anything like that outrageous before. Like not really break any rules. Or yeah, hurting anybody. But, but it's, it's still to have that many um, amount of eyes on you. Oh yeah. yeah. And then when I went in the show the next day, like people were asking me like who styled me and like how like amazing I looked at that point I just kind of like white winged it and just said bollocks wow were you, were you reluctant when they first asked you or were you straight in it's like yeah I'll do it no I said I'll do it because I, honestly I, I, I'm sure they'll be happy for me to say that I wanted to be associated with them in some way like these guys mm. were people who I like loved their content yeah mm. and I thought well if I'm trying to make it on this platform here it's good to be in the room yeah, yeah. so being in a video there cannot do any harm so that's the reason why I said yes in the first place. But perfect, and you've kind of taken that f- similar elements of that and, and and moved it over to your channel in terms of um, like exp- I, I don't know, just like outlandish content. I guess yeah. like one of your most recent videos that I watched and enjoyed was your search for a stock image girl. Yeah, brilliant idea. It was yeah one of the most probably the like video series I'm most proud of definitely how did you come because I, I think lots of ideas on YouTube are kind of like remodeled ideas of somebody else's and stuff like that and mm. I, I just like take whatever Josh Peters did the week before and, and do that <laughs> but, you, but that that was just an idea I've never seen anyone do before how did that come into your head so Beginning, it was beginning of lockdown, and yeah. I then realised I'd, I'd I'd posted a video every Sunday for about a year and a bit, mm. and I was really on like doing really well with the schedule. Lockdown hit, and I thought, well, my USB is large social gatherings and interviewing people at large social gatherings. So the banning of large social gatherings is quite tricky. <laughs> so I had this this frame in my flat, and I'd always said to my flatmate, "I was like, mate, I want to find out who that is." Like, <laughs> um, and I uh, I initially planned on making one video because I thought it'd be really easy. I thought. I'd known that people had, uh, it was quite a famous picture, stock image picture. Mm. Um, and so I just thought, right, I'll reverse image search it. I'll find out who she is. I'll message her. We'll have an interview. Happy days. Mm. I then found out it was a lot harder than that. So I went through uh, so many like different bits of rigmarole to try and find out just anything about her. Um, because she'd been in my flat for two years um, and I'd never been bothered to change out the picture. So I, <clears throat> so I, I first reverse image searched it. I then found out that it was on Getty Images as a stock image you could buy. I then messaged the lead art, head archivist at Getty and said to him, mate, who is this person? He replied back saying... <laughs> How did you explain that without looking oh, mental? That was the hardest thing. The yeah. hardest thing was trying to come across as like genuinely doing something because I was intrigued and I thought it was a bit of entertainment rather than being creepy. Yeah. Um, and so I can I don't begrudge anyone who didn't chat to me because yeah. they thought I was mental. Um, I, I had a very like stock... Um, kind of paragraph i'd spent about half an hour writing to try and convey all the different points so i spoke to him and he said we know who she is but we can't tell you legally and that's so annoying it was so frustrating um at which point i thought i then found her in um, i then posted to my instagram audience someone from australia said oh my friend i think it's my friend because she did modeling around the same time i then spoke to her she then had a friday worked on the producer at the early morning show of like their version of this morning so i went on sunrise um (laughs) talking about this and i didn't know how big of a segment they were giving me so they classically were like hey max um would you want to come on the show for a bit to talk about this sarah situation do you want to come in for five minutes and chat and i was like yeah yeah of course so they they gave me this skype email and they're like just just call us we'll call you about five minutes before you do to go on it it's no problem mate um and i was sat in my flat and it was obviously like 11 45 
and they called me and it's a black screen you don't, you don't see them but right. you can hear what's going on and so i was speaking to the comms guy in the news and they're like okay guys uh, mex we're going live in three two one and then i heard this two and a half minutes like expose mini documentary about this whole story so then i thought oh my god this is a big piece that they're writing there's a big piece i ended up the segment ended up being like 11 or 12 minutes long oh man asking me questions like the first question he asked was um when i first heard this max i thought it was a bit creepy you're not that creepy are you i was like what do you say no i'm not thanks very much no i'm not no i'm not australian's anthel deck um so I chatted to him for a bit and then a few people from my Instagram following were like super helpful finding like bits of data within the picture, like the serial number. And so the serial number was um, DV59, blah, blah, blah. And I then found out in 2005, which when the picture said it was on Getty, Digital Vision and Getty Images did this big merger. They bought like 20,000 images. So I thought, right, it's from Digital Vision. Um, so I then found the old acquisitions director from Digital Vision. He said, yep, I was actually on the shoot for that, um, for that particular uh, picture. And I know what I can tell you is that she's she's South African. So at which point I was like, OK, here we go. I then went on um, a, a, a website that does facial, like it picks up um, other faces that it thinks recognize on the Internet and found this model called Alana. It was just had South African Alana. I then found a photo shoot she did in 2010. I found her agents, her old agents. I emailed the agents. They said, yep, that is our ex-client. <laughs> she hasn't spoken to us in five years, but we'll see if we can reach out to her. And they did. And I'd, I'd honestly spent six weeks on this. Um, and That's insane. I then sent a letter to Alana. I like, look, I understand this might be really weird and I don't want to pry at all, but like, this is something that my YouTube audience has like, been really got behind. And um, if I'd love to be able to chat to you for five minutes. And she just replied saying, um, no. Really? Don't talk to me. After all that? She was like, if, um, I, know, I all realise it's all fun and games, but that's when you're not the one people are searching for. I kind of feel like I'm in the Hunger Games. Um, and I thought, look, do you know what? fine for that, that that's completely her prerogative and I, I left it at that i finished the video there some people like mess like put in the comments oh this is this is stalking this is outrageous well, i didn't think so because uh, my my intentions were only good when she said please stop i then stopped yeah i finished up the story yeah um and so that's the story but i know now know she's called alana that's it wow she's from south africa what a great story. <laughs> like, it's a sad ending, though. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I was expecting us to then go on like Australian TV yeah. because they were like, when you we find found her, her yeah. we found her. And, like, I, I honestly thought she could come to like my comedy gigs and like, I'll pay for her to tour the UK with me. <laughs> it's, it's, like, I was having illusions of grandeur. And like, no, please, fuck off. But, but that's the kind of content you can expect to find on, on the YouTube channel Max Fosh. So uh, is, is, that the, is that the URL? I mean, I think so. Just whack, whack in Max Fosh Guys, and you'll see you it. You know, you had to use the internet, it's fine. There's, there's, there's loads of sort of big stunts like that, which is really yeah. good, which makes me feel like I need to do more than just sit in my room and slag off YouTubers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll do that next year. I find a stock image car and pretend it was my original Mate, idea. Do it. I'll, I'll help. <laughs> what's, what's happened now is that I've, I've launched a series off that, the Special Private Investigator. Mm. And so I've got people to send me in ideas, and some of them have been really good. But now people honestly think that I am like the best detective in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that is you've made that you did well. I mean that's you very kind. Well. But I got a message from a girl saying, "Hi Max, um, I've recently just moved into a new house, and there's a wardrobe that's been there. And in the, the bottom drawer of the wardrobe, there's a tiny scrap of paper that was obviously a letter that just says the words, I'm the.'" And like, oh god! I want to find out what they are and who they. Are. I was like, I'm not a miracle. Worker. That is impossible to find out who that person is. Brilliant. You mentioned briefly there. Um, 
your comedy gigs, mm. stand up. Yeah, obviously something I always say I want to do, but don't have the bottle. But you've worn a fucking concrete suit around Paris. Come on down, Jack. So uh, talk to me about that. How long have you been doing that? So I've been doing that for um, well, I probably, my my first gig in December two thousand nineteen. Oh wow! So really recently, I've been wanting to do it for a while because to go back to what you asked earlier, what what do you want to do? What's your plan? Like mm. I don't want to just stay on YouTube. Yeah, although it's an amazing platform, you've we've seen that people creators have like a 10 year shelf life if yeah. you're lucky yeah um and you've got to constantly evolve and change up and so i thought i've always wanted to do stand-up i've loved stand-up from a young young age um i'd love to i'd love to do stand-up so um i the first time i was like right fuck it i'm just gonna do it i'm mm. gonna get the first one out of the way so i didn't tell anyone i was going i found an open night open mic night in dalston and uh i just spoke about i don't know like my school and what we used talk about so you got what you know mm. so i just spoke about like my school days um but i didn't tell anyone it was quite it was quite a, like, a rough place mm. and to give you an idea the guy right after me came up huge guy absolutely enormous just said guys if anyone wants to heckle just know i'm carrying a knife oh, what? <laughs> that was his opening line and everyone just like I don't know whether that's a joke, but I mean, it's quite funny, but also very intimidating. Um, so I did that for... How did the first gig go? I thought I killed it. Really? Did that... you get heckled? No, I didn't. Um, I thought I thought it went okay. It wasn't great, but I just thought, right, I've just done that now. Yeah. Um, and uh, then I then just started doing more and more. Um, and I then very luckily, I mean, this is to go on a bit of a tangent. Um, I also got lucky in the sense that I've always been a big believer of doing things that you don't wouldn't normally do or just have a bit of fun trying things. That's mm. how I got into radio presenting and then YouTube. Um, and when I got down to London, I thought I wanted to do something just once a week just to have a bit of fun. Like I played five aside, but I love singing as well. So I went and joined a choir. Not the most cool thing to do. Um, but I joined a choir and I was singing away. And um, in this choir, I found out, was um, a comedy agent who represented Stephen Merchant and Greg James. Fucking hell. What? So I was like, fucking hell. Like, Greg James is one of my idols. Yeah. She used to work with Ricky quite a lot. Right. I was like, oh my God. Anyway, I, did, I didn't say anything, didn't say anything. And then she, after about a year, I started doing, still doing Street Smart, still doing the YouTube stuff. Um, then after a year, she came to me and said, Max, actually, I've had a, I've had a job that's come in that Greg James doesn't want, or not, not right for him, he can't do it for some reason. Do you, do you mind if I put you up for it? It was for Marvel. I was like... Yeah, I'll do that. And I got and I got the gig. Oh wow! So, and then did this presenting for for Marvel, and then after that, she said, "Actually, you're you're you're, you're not bad. Do you want to do you want to sign with me?" I was like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, I would." <laughs> so it was suddenly like such a case of serendipity and luck. Just yeah. doing something that for a bit of fun meant that I had this amazing agent who who could help me and tell me where to go and she had a lot of um i said she said i think you should do the edinburgh fringe i was like i agree i'd love to do the edinburgh fringe and so i was meant to be in edinburgh in a week so i then curated a show from january february march and then lockdown happened and so i haven't gigged since that's phenomenal work though what a journey so far oh, it's been it's been mad and it, it, it feels like it's all happened in the space of a couple of years oh completely um and i'm just like riding the wave just enjoying it wow so how, how, how have you find like writing actual structured jokes compared to just your off cuts kind of like witty it's hard yeah it's really hard and that's not really what i that's not really the kind of style that i'm going for my style is very much if you like your comedy is joe lycett mm. james veach mm. bo burnham well bo burnham less i mean he's my comedy god yeah he's, he's, ours. Yeah. yeah he's an absolute 
hero. But James, Joe likes it in the sense that I'm going to tell the story. Because I'm, I'm aware that the people who are going to come to the shows are people who have watched the videos. Yeah. So I don't want them to come and then for me to do 60 minutes of jokes like, so my wife, right? I don't want any of that. So <laughs> yeah. I've got a screen behind me telling stories. I've got a whole segment of what it's like at one of my mum's posh drinks parties. Right, that's so good. I, yeah, yeah. Um, so I like do lots of stuff like that. Um, so it's more story-based. Um, yeah. And I also do a bit of when I went to the porn convention in Vegas where I met... Um, um, Vitali. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. I think we've had an array of guests on this show from YouTubers with up to 10 million subscribers. Max, I think it's safe to say you're at the start of your YouTube journey. You've, you've, you've done a fair whack, but I, in turn, I see so much potential in you. I think the amount of subscribers you've got now, around 220k, something yeah. like that, that is an absolute crime. I think it's just going to go onwards and upwards. And I think no matter these YouTubers that come on that have tens of millions who, who sit there and go, yeah, follow your dreams, man. Yeah, just get out of your comfort zone. A lot of them have got lucky. Might just be people they know in their friendship group, whereas you are very much testament to uh, to those kind of uh, mantras and quotes about just sending Zach a Jay a message, one yeah. thing led to another, and, and you're here. So very inspirational hearing your stories, mate. Thank you very much, Thanks mate. for coming on. You're an absolute joy to spend time with. And uh, if anyone hasn't seen Max's videos, just whack in Max Fosh. He's very big on, uh, on Mebo. Was it Mebo? Bebo. No, oh, Weibo. Weibo. Oh. <laughs> and Bebo. And Bebo. You should see his Bebo. He's got 16 friends. Before we leave, a parting question um, for Series 4 of Happy Hour is, what is the meaning of life? Friends. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, it is. Like, are I we think, friends now? Yeah, I think we are. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm the one who's going to be like slated in a video in about six months' time. <laughs> Jack, I thought we were mates. <laughs> this has been Jack Mates Happy Hour. He's been Stevie. He's been Max. And uh, now we're friends. I think we should go off for a game of bums. <laughs> Jack Mates Happy Hour. This was a Stakhanov production.